Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is the Gospel reading according to St. Matthew. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus commands you, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. These words probably feel pretty timely. The world feels like maybe the end isn't too far off. All of the wars and rumors of wars, there's earthquakes, diseases, all kinds of problems. And these are indeed all signs of the end of the world, that the end is coming. And yet, we are also told that no one knows the day or the hour. These signs, in fact, of the end times, which are truly signs of the end times, have also been present in every age the church. And so, despite how easy it is to get sucked into watching all of these horrible things going on and wondering whether or not it's the end of the world, these things are not actually the end of the world. And how will we notice the end of the world if we're too busy watching all of these other things? We won't. And by the time that we realize what's happening, it will be too late, which is exactly what happened to the five of the virgins in the parable that are named foolish. By the time that they were ready for the actual end of the world, the door was shut. They called into the bridegroom, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly I say to you, I do not know you. And that is why Jesus tells you, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Much has been made over the years of church history and in preaching and so on of what exactly is represented by the oil and the lamps. There's much talk of wedding customs and interpreting it according to that. But the parable tells us the main part, the part that's important, that we need to know. And it's really simple enough. The words of the bridegroom at the door, at the end of the parable, make clear what the issue is. The bridegroom said to the foolish virgins, Truly I say to you, I did not know you. The problem with the five virgins who were foolish was not that they were bad at math, that they underestimated how much oil they would need. They're not foolish because of their management of their resources. Rather, the foolishness of those five virgins who are shut out of the marriage feast is that they did not know the bridegroom, nor he them. And likewise, then, the wisdom of the five virgins deemed wise, those who are within at the marriage feast. The distinction there is that they knew the bridegroom, and most importantly of all, he knew them. And you can see then why these five wise virgins could not share their oil with the five foolish ones. It's not that they're stingy or unkind or ungenerous, but knowing the bridegroom is not something that can be divided up and shared. Knowing God is unique to each person, both in him knowing us and we him. The foolishness of the five virgins who did not have any oil except in their lamps, which ran out, is that they lacked the full knowledge of God. Now, it's also clear from the parable that they had the means to get the oil. It's not that they were too poor or there was no oil available. Knowledge of God was available to them, but their hearts were elsewhere. 
And this knowledge of God comes in two main ways. The first way that this knowledge of God is offered to us, to you, is in the communion of the church. We do not simply acquire the knowledge of God on our own as isolated individuals. We need to be taught and guided in the knowledge of God. When the foolish virgins needed oil, the wise sent them not to an olive grove to make their own oil, but rather to those who were the dealers, to those who had oil ready to give. And you might notice that like bread and wine, to other important things in the church, olive oil is the result of many pieces of fruit being gathered together, gathered together and then crushed. And the oil is the fruit of that crushing. And that brings us to the second way in which one receives the knowledge of God. And that is in suffering. Christ makes himself known to us by the cross. There is no knowledge of God apart from suffering, both in the suffering of Christ and then in our own participation in that cross. There is no knowledge of God apart from this, however much we may wish it was otherwise. Christ made himself weak for our sake, enduring the shame of the cross, being obedient to the point of death. And we cannot know him if we refuse to be like him. Foolishness looks like watching all of these things taking place, all of the signs of the end time, without then actually looking for Jesus where he has promised to be found in his word and in his sacraments. Foolishness is saying, I've got my faith. I don't need the communion of Christ's church. If that's the case, watch therefore, lest you cry, or rather hear the cry, here is the bridegroom come out to meet him, and find that your faith has gone out, and it is too late. Foolishness looks like watching all that is taking place and coming up with plans to save this present world. Vote for this person, change these programs. Imagine if we could just manage things a little bit better, then maybe everything will be okay, and we won't have to suffer, that the world won't suffer. But then the cry will come, and we won't be ready for it, because we won't know the one who suffered for us. Foolishness looks like, well, it looks like a lot of things. There are a myriad ways to end up with a lamp that has gone out. That's why Jesus says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Watching looks like abiding in the communion of the church, living in and by the worship and prayers of the church, hearing and holding fast to the word of God. Watching also looks like us being weak and bearing the cross and shame. For Christ is with us in these things, and his strength is made perfect not in our strength, but in our weakness. We know Christ as he suffers for us, and as we by his grace suffer with him. Watching, having oil for our lamps, looks like knowing Jesus. And so the irony is that there is this temptation to look at all of these signs of the end of the world, to see truthfully that indeed the end is coming, and yet to be so caught up in all of these other things that bring stress and fear and worry into our lives that we forget to watch and be ready for the actual end of the world. We forget about knowing Jesus. Some of you may remember Pastor Johnson who served this congregation in the past during a vacancy. On November 18th, he heard the cry, the bridegroom is here, 
come to meet him, and he fell asleep in Christ. You might have noticed that that was a number of days ago at this point, and all those crazy things are still going on in the world, and yet the day and the hour arrived for him. And so it may well be for you and for me. So watch, therefore. And if you knew Pastor Johnson, then you knew what he always said. Remember Jesus. And that is indeed how you are to be prepared for the end of the world, for that cry that the bridegroom is here, come to meet him. Like most truly worthwhile wisdom, it's simple. Just two words, remember Jesus. And yet summed up in those two words is the whole of the Christian faith. Watch, therefore, for you do not know the day nor the hour. Remember Jesus, know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Be conformed to his death, that in him you might also come to the resurrection, to life eternal. All of the things that strike us as, well, signs of the end of the world are things that seem too big for us, things that cannot be overcome. But remember, Jesus, that in his death and resurrection, all sin, all death, and all the power of the devil has already been overcome in his death and his resurrection. Rather than fearing the suffering and weakness of our lives in the midst of all that seems like the end of the world, we should watch and know Christ, who is with us in these things, just as he has promised. His word remains, his gifts remain, and they are sufficient to bring you to that day when the cry comes to you, that you may enter into the marriage feast of your Lord with joy. Therefore, we should seek Christ where he has promised to be with us, in his church, in his gifts, and yes, also in the life that is lived under the cross, the life where we take up our own cross and suffer even as he has suffered, that we may know him and that we may know him to be our life and our life eternal. And then, when the end of the world comes, he will gather you to himself, along with all those who have remembered him, all those whom he has known. This is the promise of the scriptures, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour, but you know what you need to know. You know Christ. You know his death and resurrection that is sufficient to bring you through the end of the world to the beginning of the next, to the life in the new heavens and the new earth, to life everlasting. To Jesus be all the glory forever and ever. Amen.